For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't miss a minute of the Sean Hannity Show. I know that there is a segment of, of society that would love a perpetual shutdown, and I guess we can live in a bubble, but who's going to build the bubble if everybody shuts down? Weekday afternoon, starting at 2 on Super Talk 1270. It's time for Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town, brought to you by... Big boy, just get in line. It moves fast. Dakota Pharmacy and Dakota Natural Health Center. We're here to help you stay well. Trademark Realty, Peak Automotive and Service, and Silver Ranch. Superdoc 1270, I'm Steve Bakken, and joining us on the program, Lori Hintz. Usually we talk with her in a, her media capacity, but uh, uh, we're going to talk a little bit outside of that realm right now because Lori wears multiple hats, and uh, one of them that she does wear is uh, on a national stage uh, via an elected position in North Dakota. Lori, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. This is, it's awkward to talk about yourself. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> but yes, I am a North Dakota's Republican National Committee woman for the state of North Dakota. So what does that mean? For, for those that don't know, um, what is that role? What does that mean? And how is that a conduit to national politics? People's eyes usually glaze over when I say National Committee woman, and they're like, I have no idea what that means. Exactly. And you are not alone <laughs> in asking that. Very common. It is very little known, which is unfortunate, because if we were really doing our jobs as National Committee people, we would educate people. So I'm, I've been trying really hard to do that for about um, three and a half, almost four years now. So I was elected in April of 2020 by the state delegates to the North Dakota Republican Convention. So the state delegates of that national of, of that uh, state convention are the ones who elect our national committee man and national committee woman. Each 50 states and six U.S. territories, including American Samoa, Northern Mariana Islands, Guam, Puerto Rico, Washington D.C. or D.C. the District of Columbia. And the U.S. Virgin Islands are those six U.S. territories that get the same representation on the RNC as the rest of the 50 states. So it's 50 times three. It's 50 and 56. 56 times three equals 168. There's 168 members of the RNC. Sometimes they're referred to as the 168. It's a kind of a random number, but it's 56 times three. So you each get a national committee man a national committee woman, and both of those uh, roles, those are four-year terms, so those people are uh, in all the states and the territories, elected in kind of different ways, different groups elect them in our state, in North Dakota, we are elected by the state convention, other states have central committees and executive committees and things like that that elect them in their state, and, uh, and then you each get a state party chairman, 
And that state party chairman could be either a man or a woman. And in the Republican Party, those are the only two choices. So um, I like to make it really clear it's either male or female. So we have 168 of us. We meet together about three times a year. We do things like we form committees on, for instance, we are the ones who run the national convention. That is the RNC. We have a committee on arrangements. We have site selection for finding the, the, the locations. Uh, we have various uh, budget committees and resolutions and rules committees on the RNC that people can sit on. Uh, I personally sit on the, uh, temporary, con- the uh, temporary committee on faith engagement. And I also um, seated on a committee um, dealing with election integrity for the Republican National Committee. Uh, we do uh, things like work on the platform, very, very important stuff. And it's, a, it's, just the, it's just the national apparatus for the Republican Party. And as RNC members, we are liaisons, essentially, from our state. And for me, right straight from the grassroots, right straight to the national body at the Republican National Committee. So as far as <laughs> balancing this out, just because I want to... Now, the Democratic side is set up fairly similar, I, I would guess, Correct. I don't know a great deal about it. Somebody asked me about that the other day, and I was like, you know what? I've never really done my research to see what the other guys are doing on this one. But, yes, there is the DNC and there is the RNC, and then they also have ancillary uh, different groups that are not necessarily the same, but um, also on the Republican side, like the RNCC and the NRSC, and those things are other fundraising um, places. In the RNC, they are uh, a big fundraising group. The, the chairman's job, for the most part, is to fundraise for the party to make sure that we can um, uh, push forward our principles of our party. I, I hate to say just get people elected because that's not it. It's actually to push forward our principles and our platform blanks. So big picture, you lay out uh, you know a lot of that work on the national side coming from uh, the representatives on the state level and the um, territory level, then how much of that goes into setting the policy? Because we, we look what just took place in Iowa with the caucus, and now they're moving on to uh, the next state, the next state, the next state. So how much of that national platform, how much of that plays into uh, what's laid out for the potential candidates, vetting the candidates? Um, because there's kind of nothing, two pieces. Nothing. Nothing. That is done by the people. That is not the RNC's role. The RNC's role is to um, set the stage, uh, pave the highway, and uh, the candidates then get to drive on it, and the people get to choose. So the body, too, is, and that's, that's confusing to people because they think, okay, well, the RNC is doing well. That's not necessarily our role to, to pick winners and losers like that. That is the people's role. We, are, we the people, are the ones who actually choose our, our um, candidates and decide who is going to be leading us. So um, it's a, it, it is. It's a, weird, it's a weird group because people don't know very much about it. And, and the, the plan of the RNC is mainly to just help set the, the road forward for, for the party. And, and that misconception is why I wanted to bring that up and let you explain that. This still comes back to the people. Now, you go off... Uh, to different conferences, meetings uh, um, that are national meetings. What do you bring back to North Dakota, the Republican Party in North Dakota from that? 
Well, the lovely part about living in North Dakota and the, the wonderful part about this particular job for me, and by the way, fun fact, RNC members are not paid. It is a volunteer position. You pay all your own expenses to all these uh, very, very swanky hotels and places all over the place, much to my chagrin sometimes, <laughs> because I'm like, I'm not saying we have to stay in a Motel 6, but somewhere between the Waldorf Astoria and Motel 6 is somewhere in the middle crowd that be a little more happy. <laughs> and we, we, we've been at Ritz-Carlton's and, and very, very high-end hotels, much to the chagrin of the more conservative, if you will, of the members of the RNC. Um, but it, it's a wonderful thing living in North Dakota because where I live in Bismarck, I am kind of like the hub of the folk being able to go all over the state. And I have done so over these last four years. Not everybody does that, but I'm able to do that because I uh, made it a priority when I ran four years ago that I was going to be accessible to the people of the state of North Dakota, whom I represent at the RNC. And so I go all over and I talk about uh, you know, what the RNC does and what we're up to lately, and we uh, report to various meetings, and uh, we, we give updates to things like there's a, a Republican group in Fargo, there's a Republican group of people who meet regularly once a month in, in Bismarck, and so we report uh, to those people. And then I go around to the districts, the various districts, and that's what I'm doing right now during my campaign is going to all 47 districts that I can get to, and uh, sometimes there's one in Wapaton and one in Williston on the same day, and that makes it impossible to do it because they're concurrent, uh, but but overall, I really, truly do try to, to get to all of the districts and, and uh, uh, just make known what the RNC is doing and let people know. So we we are the liaison, the communicator back and forth, and I have made that a big priority in my, in my uh, tenure so far. So... When we come back from the break, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, so you made that your priority. Um, you are running again, and I want to get into what that means for North Dakotans, because I, I think there's a lot of mystery around uh, what a national committee woman does, just because it is a role that plays out on a national stage, but it's not like a, a statewide office. It's party-specific, and uh, but you represent a lot of people in a state that's uh, uh, predominantly Republican like North Dakota. So when we come back more with Lori Hintz uh, running for the National Committee woman uh, in the Republican Party, and we'll find out more about that when we come back. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The- Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk 1270, I'm Steve Bakken. We're talking with Lori Hintz, uh, candidate, current and candidate for uh, National uh, Committee Woman for the Republican Party out of North Dakota, a position that a lot of people don't know a whole lot about. Uh, it plays into the political uh, party system. So it, it is a national position that's elected, but it's elected by the uh, party 
at the convention. So the Republican woman, National Committee woman, is elected by the Republican Party of North Dakota as a representative to the RNC on a national stage. Um, Talk a little bit about uh, that relationship because, you know, it is a, a big position, a big role, bigger than most people can imagine and think, but it's not a statewide elected position, although in North Dakota, in a predominantly uh, Republican state, it does have a lot of responsibility that goes with it. So explain the 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 Republican convention connection and how that plays out with your role. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting thing because it is just a party role. I like to, I am not a politician. I like to call myself a volunteer because it is a voluntary uh, job, if you will. And it does take a great deal of time and resources to travel around the country to three different meetings like that. But um, on the state level, you are elected by the state party. So they uh, choose a national committee man, a national committee woman. They are four-year terms. And uh, then you're tasked with going to the meetings, uh, uh, being sure that you know the policies and keeping up on, on what's going on in national politics as well as state politics. So you wear a couple of different hats. And on the state level, you go to the convention and you have, in this case, our next convention is coming up April 5th and 6th. It will be held in Fargo, North Dakota this time around. Um, and at the state convention in Fargo, there will be 2,229 potential delegates uh, who will be voting on the uh, various statewide office endorsements and things like that. And, and then also for the National Committee man and the National Committee woman. Now, the state party chairmen that are on the RNC have two-year terms, and they are elected by a completely different body in our state. The state chair is elected by what is called the state committee, uh, which is made up of 47 district chairmen. So that is a, a totally separate thing, and their their years are a little offset. So it's interesting on the RNC because the turnover with the uh, state party chairs is much quicker than it is with the RNC uh, National Committee men and committee women. So very interesting stuff. The, uh, the state party then has uh, also coming up, I should mention, we have on March 4th, we have what is called our Presidential Caucus, which is going to be held with the Republican Party in 12 locations all over the state of North Dakota, the uh, eight major cities, and then four other uh, more outside of the area uh, areas where people do not want to have to travel so far. We have uh, four other districts who are hosting sites as well. The four um, other ones I can't name off the top of my head right now. I could use of them, I think, but the eight major cities I can name, and they are Williston, Dickinson, Minot, Bismarck, Devil's Lake, Grand, uh, Devil's Lake, and Jamestown, Grand Forks, and Fargo. And so on the 4th of March, I hope everybody comes out, especially um, uh, we, we want to encourage people to become members of the Republican Party and uh, support this effort because we have great things coming here with the Republican Party. We have new leadership in the Republican Party with Sandy Sanford as our uh, chairman, and she has done just a fantastic job already of uh, helping our coffers to increase. With this, uh, with this, this caucus, we had originally eight different people who qualified to be on our ballot. Uh, several, two have uh, dropped out already, including 
uh, Chris Christie and Doug Burgum, so they will not be listed on there. But there are still six people who are technically still in the race on our ballot. So it's going to be a great celebration and fun evening. It'll be from 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, all throughout the state. And then on the western side of the state in Mountain Time, it will run concurrently from 4 until 7 p.m. Um, because our goal is to have all the paper ballots voted uh, and counted by 8 p.m. Uh, Central Time, and then we'll be able to announce that to the nation. Now, the cool thing also about the timing of this is that it comes, of course, after Iowa, which just concluded, and then it comes after New Hampshire, which is coming up on the 23rd, um, their primary is. But North Dakota, we have our caucus the day before Super Tuesday. Now, Super Tuesday is the day that there are 14 different states that hold their uh, caucuses and primaries. So it is going to be a real fun celebration. In Bismarck, our location will be the uh, BSC National Energy Center of Excellence, I believe, and that is as of right now. And uh, so we will be putting out, watch for lots and lots of information about how to just tell the states your preference for president. And then those delegates that go to the national convention will be bound to that on the first ballot. They'll be bound to the results of this. So you can absolutely uh, direct and actually affect the presidential choice for North Dakota by getting involved in the presidential caucus on March 4th. All right, Lori, a lot to digest there and a lot going on in the near future and the distant future as well in North Dakota politics uh, on the Republican side of things and how that plays out in the national stage. Um, you know, one of the things with uh, your role, because um, you talked about the educational side of stuff and bringing that, uh, that acting as that conduit of information. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of people all the time. It's like when we start talking national politics, um, there's a a little bit of a tone that we're just North Dakota. We're, we're this small state that really doesn't matter in the big picture for national politics because we've got this low population. Um, explain to the listeners why North Dakota matters when you're looking at the national stage. It's a really important role. Um, the RNC is kind of, if you look at it, like the Senate of the United States government because you've got equal representation across the entire spectrum of all the U.S. states and territories. So I have the same vote and voice representing the people of North Dakota, and they tell me exactly what they think about our leadership and about uh, fundraising and, and about donations. They tell me. I, I share that. <laughs> and uh, I have the same exact vote as uh, the woman the, who is the National Committee woman from uh, New York, and uh, I have the same representation as Harmy Dillon, who is the National Committee woman from California. That is, that is a beautiful thing. And, yes, it does matter. Your voice does matter. I will tell you that I am unafraid to be standing alone on a standing boat. I've done it. Um, and I am I'm very, very uh, proud of the fact that our very conservative members of the RNC are increasing in number day by day. Uh, that is a, a result of uh, an election that happened a year ago uh, for Ronna McDaniel for a fourth term. And the United States electorate and those people in my state sent me 200 emails and said, please do not vote for the current leadership. And so I did not. I listened to them and I voted for uh, the opposition. As it was, it was about 
one-third to two-thirds vote in favor of the status quo, unfortunately, but things are changing as a result of that. And the states are now, um, you know, there's a little bit of backlash. And so the states are organically changing out their RNC members to people who better represent them and don't thumb their noses at their wishes. So very, very interesting stuff. And it does matter. It does matter. Lori Hintz uh, running for national committee woman for the Republican Party in North Dakota and uh, what that plays out as on the national stage as well. Um, a little bit of a different vote at uh, at the convention um, because it is a convention specific, but still you're running a campaign. You're uh, trying to get your message out, um, you know, stand on your record and then let everybody know what your platform is moving forward, how that lies in, uh, lies with the Republican Party and, and the Republican Party here in North Dakota. Um, if people want more information or how to get a hold of you or, you know, campaign contributions, whatever that looks like, how do they do that to find out more about Lori Hentz? Very easily. You just go to the ndgop.org website and all my information is listed there, including my name, my um, position, my telephone number is right there for everyone to see. I also go all over the state to all these different districts and hand out cards with my information on them. You can follow me on Facebook at Lori Hins 4ND. It's L-O-R-I-H-I-N-Z. There is no T or E in there. It's just H-I-N-Z. And Lori Hins 4ND is in North Dakota on Facebook, and you can follow me. And and uh, I really appreciate the support, particularly those of you, hopefully, who are going to be delegates to the state convention. And if you want to be a delegate to the state convention and come and help uh, decide on who are going to be the National Committee Man and National Committee Woman, what you can do is you can go to your district and go to your district meeting, contact your district chairman. Again, all that information is found at ND gop.org org and uh, look under the um, state committee tab to find out who your uh, district chairman is if you don't know your district you can go to the secretary of state's website and plug in your address information and find out exactly which district you are in and legislative districts there are, as i said there are 47 in the state so get involved i like to tell people all the time i'm like you are, you can be the status quo and sit on your bottom or you can get up and you can stir the pot a little bit and affect change within the party. If you see things that you want to see change, do it. Get involved in your state party. Get involved on the district level and go to your district meeting and uh, vote for delegates and offer and uh, tell your district chairman you want to be a delegate to the state convention. I, I think everybody should be involved. If you want to complain about things, you should probably be involved. That's just kind of my rule of thumb. So, Lori, thanks for joining us this morning. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Lori Hintz, uh, running for National Committee Woman, Republican Party. Uh, you can go to the uh, Republican website uh, and check out all the latest information on Lori as she is running again for that position. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Steve Bakken. Weekday mornings starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town, brought to you by Big Boy. Just get in line, it moves fast. Dakota Pharmacy and Dakota Natural Health Center. We're here to help you stay well. Trademark Realty, Peak Automotive and Service, and Silver Ranch. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. A little foggy out there, some uh, limited visibility in some areas, and some of that fog causing some slippery conditions on some of the roadways. So do be careful if you're out traveling around this morning. Uh, joining us on the program, Joe Camisa from Train ND Southwest Division. And Joe, a big conference coming up tomorrow, Epic, for those that are not familiar with it. Uh, welcome to the show and explain Epic for those that uh, aren't in the know. Good morning. Thanks for having me on today. So we are getting ready for EPIC. This is one of our biggest conferences that DSC partners up with. We are uh, hosting the Energy Innovation and Progress uh, Conference, and that is at the Event Center. And so what this is, uh, this conference brings energy folks from across not only North Dakota, but we usually have dozens and dozens of states represented here in Bismarck, North Dakota. And so at this conference, we have education sessions. We also have vendors. And so vendors, if you're looking uh, for a new product or to check out some new technology or new services, those vendors will have those on display as well. And this is a big conference for us every year at BSC. And it's primarily run by the uh, Continuing Education Division, which is also part of Trade ND. And what we do is, regardless of our program, we are all on site we're all starting to get you know, everything set up. Registration starts today, and today is our pre-conference day where we have specialty education sessions, and then the whole conference starts up Wednesday and Thursday, and we will have our first keynote speaker at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Great lineup of keynotes, too, as I was looking through some of the information. Um, so who should attend this conference? I mean, I mean, there's some stuff to take away for everybody, but who really should uh, look at attending this? Really, anyone who has an interest or a passion related to industry uh, for power generation, coal, gas production, really anything in the energy field here in North Dakota and throughout the northern Great Plains. We even get some who are retired from the industry who still come, who are curious to know what new technologies are out there. Uh, maybe they want to get out and take some, some classes about things that they used to do in the field. Uh, and those who are in the field who are looking to really keep their skills sharp, um, learn new new techniques that they can bring back to their, their jobs. And as far as continuing education credits, uh, those are available as well? Yes, they, I believe they should be. So uh, I know you do have a lot of students and a lot of focus for students on uh, some of the aspects of this. So it's a great synergy with your energy production here in North Dakota and uh, with what is the practical application thereof. So like I said, there's a lot of different things to glean out of this conference. Uh, it's not too late to get signed up if you want to attend, right? That is correct. We do have on-site registration. So you can come down to the event center and register on site. If you wanted to register for one day, whether it be Wednesday or Thursday, the registration fee is $150. If you want to do on-site registration, which is two days for Wednesday and Thursday, that'll be $250. And that does include uh, lunch for the days that are signed up. 
So a great conference, epic taking place at the Bismarck Event Center. Uh, things kind of sort of kick off today, tomorrow, and uh, Thursday. The main conference taking place. And uh, we're going to be broadcasting live down there tomorrow morning uh, because a lot of stuff going on with energy, of course, Wednesday. Our energy day here uh, with Wattage Wednesday on Super Talk 1270's Talk of the Town. So, Joe, we will see you tomorrow and uh, look forward to an update and uh, a lot of great guests uh, for the show tomorrow. Absolutely. We look forward to having you. Thanks for coming down. Uh, Joe Camiso with Train ND Southwest and Epic taking place this week at the Bismarck Event Center. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bach and Jason Spees from The Crude Life joining us, uh, not on a Wednesday, but on a Tuesday. Uh, we're going to be broadcasting from Epic on uh, Wednesday for Wattage Wednesday, so we'll be over there tomorrow. And uh, uh, Jason's not able to Recording join us in progress. tomorrow. So uh, the we'll be doing uh, a little bit of Wattage Wednesday today with Jason. And I, I kind of wanted to go a little different take because uh, with Epic coming up uh, this week, uh, which is... A lot of information, a lot of input, a lot to glean out of uh, the energy sector. And what Epic does is goes across all energy sectors. It's all of the above. Plays into every bit of energy that takes place in North Dakota. Uh, they've got a piece and a place for it. Uh, because what they work on a lot, of course, in conjunction with Bismarck State College, North Dakota's Polytechnic, is the energy sector and supplying workforce for that. So uh, very synergistic. Um, but I want to back up a little bit and talk some politics right now because we know where things have been politically in North Dakota for a long time but now we've got a governor who is not running uh, for a third term and uh, a whole bunch of shakeup in politics across the state of North Dakota and I kind of wanted to get your take Jason on what you think that's going to look like when it comes to the energy sector. So, uh with Senator Hoven and and the Bakken kind of kicked off uh with Jack Dalrymple, um it continued um and then went into a little bit of a lull. We saw the influx of wind farms. Uh we've seen some pressure on solar now under Governor Burgum. We've seen this influx of carbon sequestration uh, coming to the forefront. Um, what's the next iteration? So we're going to have a bunch of people to jump into the race uh, for governor. What do you think the next iteration of North Dakota energy politics should look like compared to what it's been and what it's ramped up to now with the announcement that Governor Burgum's not running? Well, I think what it should look like and what I think it will look like are going to be two separate answers, but I'll answer what I think it will look like. And what I think it will look like is that, Steve, if you remember back when I first started The Crude Life, one of our very first stories was, this is not an oil boom, it's a technology boom. 
And when you take a look at what's happening in energy, in ag, in carbon, I've mentioned before that those three industries now are together. And in some so. states, they're actually having management with those three titles. So this is all driven by technology. So I believe, personally, you're going to see Governor Burgum probably become a little bit more of a national uh, advocate, either through a cabinet position or a high-ranking position that's going to be very... Um, energy centric you'll probably see senator kramer run for governor uh you're gonna see maybe u.s uh house kelly armstrong maybe shift over to run for senator um you know your your changes in the air changes in the air and to kind of move things around a lot of this is going to be obviously driven by by the carbon sequestration because there are certain investments made that the state has and people involved with the state. So when when I take a look at, you know, where people are going to move and you're going to see different appropriations and you're going to see different kind of managers of certain projects, that's how I kind of see it going, Steve. Okay, so I, w- I want to back up here a little bit because you mentioned a name, uh, Senator Kramer. Um, yeah. and, and that's not a name that gets bounded about in mainstream media. In fact, a lot of the mainstream media is kind of looking at Kelly Armstrong as the next uh, uh, potential governor candidate. Um, but Senator Kramer is interesting. I've heard that myself in, in back circles, but not a name you hear out in mainstream media when it comes to a potential governorship in North Dakota. Um, Tom Campbell is another one that's out there that uh, has, you know, former uh, state legislator, uh, another name that's been out there. Uh, but the Senator Kramer, I find rather interesting. I do too. Um, it makes sense when I heard it for the first time. I've, I've heard Tom Campbell running for governor as well. Uh, whether these are true or not, I have no idea. Um, this is, you know, just hot stove baseball. It's hot potato politics here because that's really what we're talking about. But when we're taking a look at what's driving a lot of this is going to be technology. You know, um, Grand Farm, for example, the amount of money and the amount of resources, the amount of access and attention that's being put into Grand Farm is absolutely remarkable. And that's primarily a tech-driven industry on the east side of the state that's virtually public dollars. And that gets like zero press. And in North Dakota, if something gets zero press, you should probably pay attention to it because somebody's really making a lot of money off it. And by the way, that's Fufang was involved with that too in, in a roundabout sort of way. Right. And so, it, it, so there's a lot of pushback with where the ownership for some of these projects are. And, and we're seeing that, you know, the Fufang Summit Carbon Solutions, who were their investors, some of these wind projects, uh, we're seeing some of that. Uh, we're up against a break. I want to come back and uh, finish up on this. Jason Spies from The Crude Life. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck. 
a Town Square media station broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union studio. Recorded. ABC World and National News at the top of every hour on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town, brought to you by Big Boy. Just get in line, it moves fast. Dakota Pharmacy and Dakota Natural Health Center. We're here to help you stay well. Trademark Realty, Peak Automotive and Service, and Silver Ranch. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Good Tuesday morning. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bakken, uh, along with Jason Spees from The Crude Life. You can catch uh, Jason and The Crude Life Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. right here on Super Talk 1270. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk with Sarah Stogner, the unicorn lawyer. Uh, kind of a, a little bit of a wattage Wednesday today rather than tomorrow because tomorrow we're going to be broadcasting from the Epic Conference in Bismarck at the Bismarck Events Center. Uh, so we'll have our private public picks uh, coming up a little bit later on this morning as well. And I, I'm going to say this. It's, guys, I, I, I smoked you when it comes to the picks. Now I'm getting cocky, so watch me go over for this coming weekend. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later in the program. We're talking a little politics and how that's going to play out into the energy sector and the energy portfolio of North Dakota. And we've thrown out some names out there. Wrigley as the next governor, Julie Fedorchek, lieutenant governor, and then Julie step up, and that that's what's referred to as the Hoven secession plan. Okay, uh, so all laid out. You, you've you, you've heard of this too. Yeah, this and, then, not, and then Burgum okay. kind of when Drew wasn't a viable candidate, then that opened up the door for. Uh, 
Doug Burgum. And now we're going down a different secession plan. Because here's the thing. There, there's some competition going on between um, the Hoven secession plan, which Senator Hoven would like to get back to, and the Doug Burgum secession plan. And, and they don't see eye to eye. Now, uh, you have to remember, too, Tammy Miller, who's the current lieutenant governor, and was touted by Governor Burgum as the future governor of North Dakota some 18 months prior to Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford stepping away uh, and resigning his position, um, which quite understandable when you've got your boss that's going, hey, uh, that person is going to be the next one and, and trotting them around to different governor's conferences and introducing them as a future governor uh, when they're not even a lieutenant governor at the time, I, I that would rub me a little bit the wrong way. So now you got to go back to, is there a Burgum secession plan? Because I have no qualms whatsoever saying that just like Barack Obama, who touted a third term, uh, that the globalist Doug Burgum, just as the global, globalist Barack Obama, would like to have that third term. So is he going to want to have somebody in that chair as the governor that he has control over, that is controllable? I, I Just like Barack Obama is in charge and not Joe Biden. Maybe. Uh, I think there's going to be more about common interests at the end of the day. I think uh, you make a great point with Tammy Miller. I'm not quite sure she would be gubernatorial enough, though, to be honest. Um, I'll tell you a name I do think who could be, and she's not even from the state, is Kathy Nesset. Um, I found it interesting that when Kathy Nessett was part of that Friends of uh, Ag and Energy deal. They positioned her as the moderator, not as on the panel. You know, she was a moderator. And that's, you know, you, you from behind the scenes, little baseball talk, you want a moderator to be neutral. You don't want them to seem political. You don't want them to seem, you know, part of a part of a special interest when clearly... But there is a special has, interest. There, there she, is. She, she clearly has an extreme special interest. Yes. And, and there's an yes. agenda. There's but, a but my financial is, is agenda that, that's out there right now, and politics are going to wind up taking the brunt of that. But when we're talking about politics, you know, if if you put Tammy Miller next to Kathy Nessett, most North Dakota people will vote for Kathy Nessett. She smi- when, when she smiles, she lights up a room. Kathy Nessett has a terrific smile. She she really knows how to, um, she knows how to she she knows how to glad hand really well. I don't think she can debate well. That might be her downfall. But if she were to run as a Republican, of course, most Republicans are going to win. But Steve, I'll tell you, a woman that would probably win is Heidi Heitkamp. If Heidi Heitkamp came out of nowhere, now you're talking about a female that could really cause some shockwaves through the governor's race. Have you even thought of that? Have you heard of that at all? Well, I've I've heard that the height camps are not done in politics yet. Uh, whether it's Heidi or Joel, they're not finished. And Heidi is sitting on a rather large campaign nest egg. 
Here's what I tell people about Heidi Heitkamp when they ask. Because, you know, with the crude life, I always say she did a lot for North Dakota Energy. Mm-hmm. She did. What really caused her, her um, snafu, if you will, was, was the, the Obamacare, health care. There were some issues there, and that just, she couldn't really get away from that. Well, she, and, got, she got stuck in the party politics on the yeah, national stage yeah. and forgot about North Dakota first. And, and, uh, and I, I won't say she forgot about it. I just say she was pigeonholed away from North Dakota for what's in the best interest of North Dakota. When, when you take a look at what she did with exporting for you for, for the uh, importing exporting bank and what she did with her exporting crude oil, you could argue she did more for the oil and gas industry in North Dakota than a lot of our Republicans have. Now, I'm being serious. Jason, was, I, I was in Washington, D.C. for XM Bank um, supporting uh, some of the initiatives because we've got a bunch of great North Dakota companies. And, and guess who was at the forefront of that? Heidi. Heidi Heitkamp. Heidi Heitkamp. Yeah, I know. I, I'm I, like, that, why? That's right. I, 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 I was a little taken back the first time I was there because I was there uh, supporting uh, Kildare Mountain Manufacturing um, out of uh, Kildare and, and Dickinson and a few other North Dakota companies that needed that to be able to compete within the marketplace on a national and a global perspective. I, you, It's a good thing. The XM Bank is a good thing when it comes for a small state and smaller companies to be able to compete on that level. And, and we've got some of those companies besides just the agricultural side, just besides uh, the oil export and some of the industries. We've got those companies that can compete, but that's a different discussion for a different time, but you're right. Heidi was the one that was pushing that for North Dakotans. Here's another example. Okay. Heidi Heidkamp went toe-to-toe and had no problem with Rex Tillerson. Could you imagine Tammy Miller and Rex Tillerson? Now, I could see Kathy Nesson and Rex Tillerson, but Rex Tillerson would chew up and spit out Tammy Miller. It would just be un- unbelievable. So there's another consideration as you know, like somebody like Heidi or somebody like um, Kathy Nassett or, uh, you know, we talked about Julie Fedorchek or Tammy Miller. If they've got to work with the oil and gas industry, that's a whole different ball game. And, you know, two of the three held their own that I saw. And from, you know, you know, that, that that's a, it's, it's a different world, Steve, is all I'm saying when you when you're talking about those different dynamics. And, and everything, but I, I think a lot of people, the, the moral of the story, we kind of got off track a little bit, is uh, when we're talking about politics and we're, you know, moving some different potatoes around and shuffling some things and, you know, playing hot potato, if you will, uh, I wouldn't rule out a female running for governor now that Bergam has stepped down. And I, I think that is a, a serious statement. And I think a lot of people in North Dakota are waiting for that, too. You know, I would, uh, I'd be interested in see that, but as long as they were running and not being run, because there's a difference and there's a lot of brokering going on behind the scenes right now. And I think people need to be aware of that. Uh, Jason Spees from uh, The Crude Life. You can catch Crude Life Sunday mornings right here on Super Talk 1270. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. 
Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bach, along with Jason Spies from The Crude Life. You can catch Jason Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. right here on Super Talk 1270. We're talking about North Dakota politics, how that comes back uh, to a lot of policies, a lot of the energy sector with the all of the above. Of course, we're going to be broadcasting from Epic at the Bismarck Event Center tomorrow uh, with BSC and uh, Train ND. Uh, but when you start looking at some of the the bigger picture races governor of course is is going to be the interesting one uh the house race always is the senate race could be if senator kramer winds up jumping into the governor's race i want to come back a little bit and and dial that down into some statewide politics the legislature there's a lot of republican legislators that are choosing not to run they haven't termed out Um, Now that we have term limits, that's a consideration here in North Dakota. But we haven't termed out yet. But there's a lot that are not running. The the biggest two names I've seen so far, and and there's a bunch of names, uh, are the Roars's. uh, Shannon Roars-Jones out of Fargo and her father, Jim, uh, Senate and House, not running again. Um, There's a lot of Republicans that are not running again. And I'm wondering, you know... And I've said this before, and and you know I'm conservative, but there needs to be some balance. And if the pendulum swings too far one way, it's going to swing back the other way at some point. Just things belong in equilibrium. Gravity will take over and swing that sucker back. Is there a... Uh, And you got to remember, we have a dysfunctional Democratic Party in North Dakota, which has really opened up the door for a lot of missteps by the Republican Party or people that we've got a lot of rhinos in office. A lot of that's because the dysfunctional Democratic side of things. So is this the beginning of that? balance back towards the center a little bit or how do you see this jason because again we have a lot of republicans that are not seeking re-election and i'm trying to work out how all this is going to play in the bigger picture well i think north dakota is going through a few changes of course whether those changes are going to happen through a democrat or republican or whether that change is going to happen through a uh, Republican, uh, Republican in name only, otherwise known as rhinos, but it used to be called the Tea Party in some some respects on the other side. And so you have kind of niche ideologies. You've got some different factions going. But what I think you're seeing is you're starting to see the next generation kind of get played out, get get you know, coming to the forefront a little bit and and seeing how that looks. Um, The money's been pumped. What did they print? $7.5 trillion or something in the last couple of years. And we're still in the trickle-down economics. I'm still waiting for my North Dakota COVID help. So apparently the trickle hasn't come down yet to, you know, businesses like the crude life. So, you know, the money is still, you know, kind of, being trickled and it's being 
done in a new way. So I think a lot of these uh, different politicians, especially the ones who went into it for business reasons, they got to step back and manage their businesses now. So I'm going to kind of take another step back, Steve, and really explain how I see North Dakota this next legislative year. We're going to draw a triangle, Steve. We're going to start at the top with agriculture. Would you think agriculture is very important in this state? Absolutely. Ag first, energy second. So when you take a look at the reality of agricultures, of agriculture, I I think we're down to, you know, just over 10 or 12 farmers, uh, uh, dairy farmers now in the state. We've got you know, whatever amount of uh, actual farmers left, most of them work for Cargill and other corporations. So even though they're necessarily a farmer, they're not, they're an employee type of a thing. So when you take a look at what's happened with agriculture, it's it's going, you know, global. It, it's, being, it's being global. And then when you take a look at where Senator Hoven has really directed a lot of the money, it's into Grand Farm. So it's into tech. So... When you take a look at what North Dakota has, it's ag and tech in one of the circles. Now we're going to draw a line straight down, and we're going to draw another circle, and there we have energy, okay? So we got to make sure that energy and tech are taken care of because a lot of energy is tech now, okay? Because remember, each tech one comes with research that goes along with each one. So you got your ag, which is now being pumped into Grand Farm, which is a robotic farm in the eastern side of the state. So you got the two universities getting all the research money, and then you've got a lot of your ag subsidies now going into uh, Grand Farm, and then also you get a lot of the commerce money going to Grand Farm too. So then you go down to the energy thing, same thing. Okay. So now we're going to draw one more line with a circle, and that's going to be carbon. And that carbon pipeline... Dustin Goverlow from the North Dakota Watchdog Network was very astute when he said that this carbon pipeline has a lot more to do with North Dakota, South Dakota, and Iowa. This thing is a blueprint for how the billionaires are going to get subsidies for the carbon market. He hit a bullseye on top of a bullseye on top of a bullseye. So now you've got a triangle. You have ag, energy, and carbon. That creates a triangle, okay? Creates a, a, a cycle of, of subsidies, right? Well, then at the top, with the all-seeing eye, you have the Bank of North Dakota. You've got the bank system. Because remember, the Bank of North Dakota is completely different now. And from last I kind of checked, they're, they're looking at even getting in the Bitcoin world, you know, with some kind of uh, Caribbean um, sand dollar deal. Or maybe that's what the Nokomis Pyramid's all about. I don't know, Steve. But my point is, is that it's interesting when you have that triangle and then you've got kind of the bank in the center. That's where I think the legislative session's going, Steve. Okay, so with the people stepping off and that opens up seats. And is there a a bigger agenda in place that either some of these people don't want to be a part of or they're looking at being replaced by people that are part of a different agenda 
because I always look at try I try to figure out what the bigger picture is and and there's some key people that are not running again. So yeah. I know they're involved in the politics. What is their role going to be or going to be become? Because I, I can't see some of these individuals that are stepping away not being po- involved in politics in North Dakota because politics in North Dakota is power. Politics in North Dakota is money and always okay, follow so the money. Sure. T- take a look at the people who leave the, um, you know, different different cabinets in North Dakota, whether it's um, Health and Human Services or... Lieutenant Governor Brent Sanford, he's gone over and he's in charge of uh, bringing legal immigration in for a lobbyist group, the North Dakota Petroleum Council. So generally when you leave some sort of, uh, you know, political post, there's a parachute. You either go, you well, you all, well, you either go and tend to your business. Okay. Cause you got to go babysit the government subsidies that you're now getting. Okay. Or, you go to a trade group, a lobbyist group, and you continue with your salary, and you actually get kind of more power and access. So that's how I see it, Steve, is a lot of the people that when they go into politics, they do it for kind of a resume builder, get some government subsidies, get some contracts, open some doors, have some people rely on me for business, and then, you know, go and manage that business because sometimes you grow too fast. You know, you mentioned the roars. Well, maybe they grew too fast. I mean, during COVID, man, they were they were spraying money out of a fire hose to certain people. So all of a sudden, you know, maybe they got to, you know, tend to it because keep in mind, in Fargo, they can build all they want, but those apartments, they're still 50% occupied. And now they're 40% occupied. So if banks want to give more money to builders in Fargo, then they're going to be down to 30% occupied. Well, I guess we better bring in some more legal immigrants, put them into the apartments in Fargo, because guess what? They're just sitting there empty now. I mean, you can't make it up, Steve. Well, I, know, I, I, I know some of the businesses, uh, some of the people we'd mentioned. It's six different businesses collecting COVID money. So, uh Interesting stuff. Uh, Jason, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll follow more of the politics uh, and how that plays back in the state and back to the energy side of stuff here in North Dakota. Uh, don't forget, we're going to be broadcasting from Epic tomorrow at the Bismarck Events Center. Uh, when we come back, our unicorn lawyer, Sarah Stogner, is going to be joining us. The latest on the update of whether or not she still has her pilot's license or not. And we'll get to our private public picks. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Talk of the Town. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Bakken, weekday mornings starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Talk of the Town, brought to you by Big Boy. Just get in line, it moves fast. Dakota Pharmacy and Dakota Natural Health Center. We're here to help you stay well. Trademark Realty. 
Peak Automotive and Service, and Silver Ranch. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bygel, along with Jason Spies from The Crude Life. Uh, you can catch Crude Life Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. right here on Super Talk 1270. Also, Sarah Stogner, the unicorn lawyer, joining us. And, uh, Sarah, uh, do you still have your pilot's license? I still do. They have not caught me riding dirty yet. <laughs> okay, we're referencing a uh, basically a saltwater spill, and it sort of, I, I guess... It, do you define it as a spill or is it just a an ecological mess that's taking place down in Texas? It is a man-made ecological disaster, also known as a well control event or a well blowout. So basically, and I went back and looked at some footage from uh, some of the, the similar situations over in the Middle East back in the 30s and the 40s and through World War II, and, and basically they're created some saltwater marshes is what they had done. And it's being replicated down in Texas right now. It is, unfortunately. We've got a lot of naturally occurring salt domes, you know, geological, geologically oil would get trapped um, near those salt domes. And so they were attractive um, for the wildcatters. They also had sulfur. Originally, they would mine sulfur out of them. Um, but what happens is, is that salt is really fragile. I don't know of a better word. I'm sure there's a geological term for it. But uh, it, when it comes into wa- into contact with water, it dissolves in the water. And then we get sinkholes that form because the weight of the earth above it collapses in on itself. It's actually so. not dissimilar from you, you see the, the sinkholes that take place down in Florida with the limestone after the water deteriorates the limestone and now salt, much more fragile, not as stable as limestone happens much quicker. So kind of similar to what you see with a sinkhole taking place in a, in a heavy rain event. Um, that's what's going on in Texas right now. Correct. So from a media perspective, you were busy doing a uh, uh, a news story for a local uh, station out of Houston. How much media is this starting to get? Because I know you kind of pushed the envelope a little bit with your no-fly zone, uh, pushed back on the Railroad Commission down there. Um, is this getting press? Is this starting to become a story? Because, you know, for Jason and I, th- this is a big deal from an industry perspective. Yeah, it is. Um, I had a, an interview this morning with the... Uh, news station out of Austin. Um, I've I've had some national folks reach out. I don't want to jinx it yet because they haven't told me that they're going to actually cover it. Um, But yes, we're we're starting to get, I think, kind of the recognition that this deserves. One question for you, Sarah, these wells that are turning into kind of the saltwater swamp marshy type things, how old are these wells? Are these considered, you know, orphan wells? Are these wells that, you know, were, you know, plugged 10 years ago and now they just seem to be leaking? Just give us an idea on the timeline on that. Yeah, so I've seen wells you know, as, as old as drilled in the 30s and 40s um, failing. I've also seen wells drilled in 2008 failing. And so... Um, unfortunately, it's kind of agnostic to the timeline. It's more about how the well was drilled and completed and whether or not they got a good cement job. And unfortunately, I don't think that there's a well bore out there 
that can sustain the types of subsurface pressures that we're creating with the over-injection of oil and gas wastewater or produced water. And so um, we're going to have to get control of our water. In Texas, we inject 19 to 23 million barrels of water per day subsurface. And we're not injecting them into the same zone that it came out of, right? So that means that you are pumping, there's 42 gallons in a barrel. You're basically pumping millions and millions of gallons of water into different zones every day below the ground. And there's faults, right? There's there's uh, anomalies, subsurface, there's old well bores, and pressure will find a way. It's just fluid mechanics. And just kind of as a wrap up before we hit the break and get to our football picks, um, you're not just somebody that's, you know, trying to get attention on social media. You kind of have a solution. What, what What's your solution to this to let people know? Yeah, I mean, we, ju- we just need common sense enforcement of the existing regulations. They've decreased injecting water at all of the bordering states, and they're still shipping it to Texas. And so what we need is we need people in Texas to go and vote in the primaries. We've got to get rid of the incumbent railroad commissioners, and we've got to elect people who will help make the tough decisions of how do we deal with this um, without destroying our oil and gas economy, because the solution's not to just stop producing oil and gas and become dependent on Russia and Venezuela. It's to responsibly produce oil and gas in Texas, and we can power the United States for tens of years to come, right? Decades into the future, we're getting better and better at producing oil and natural gas. Um, we've got more technologies coming, and we need leaders that are willing to make logical policy decisions based on what's best long-term and let capitalism solve the problems. So Sarah, when you start looking at uh, solutions to problems, because to me it comes down to there's financial ramifications, you're going to have to invest to solve the problem. But if you're investing on the front side, usually you're not having to make as big an investment on the back side. Has the industry been receptive to how to preserve the resource by doing a better job on that front side? Or is it just Billy be damned and, and drill baby drill? Uh, it's the latter, unfortunately. It's it's drill baby drill and then I'll flip it and it won't be my problem. And so what it's doing is it's becoming private profit and public cleanup, which I don't think even the most liberal Democrats, right, think that that's okay. And so, um, yeah, we've got to do something and we've got to educate people on the value of domestically produced oil and gas and change expectations that you can't responsibly produce a barrel of oil for less than $100. So if we can't responsibly produce it, then we shouldn't be selling it. Sarah Stogner, Unicorn Lawyer down in Texas. Uh, When we come back, our private public picks and... I'm going to tease you a little bit, but I did well. I did very well. This is Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. Super Talk. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 70. Welcome back to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. You're tuned to Talk of the Town on Super Talk 1270. I'm Steve Bagan, along with Jason Spies from The Crude Life. You can catch Crude Life Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. right here on Super Talk 1270. Jason, of course, and Sarah Stogner, a unicorn lawyer from Texas, joining us uh, today because tomorrow we're going to be broadcasting from Epic at the Bismarck Events Center tomorrow from 9 until 11. Uh, but it is time for our private public picks. And uh, I, I'm going to say I, I just picked prettier helmets. I, I really did. Uh, I went 3-1. and one. You guys went 1-3. and three. So uh, your play playoff run not going well but then there were four we are down to four teams uh the afc and nfc championship games and uh jason uh you on the season are in the lead over sarah by one game and by the way i'm touting my my playoff record here because my season record not quite as as good so uh, you and Sarah are separated by one. I'm a few games back for the season. But as we get to the playoffs and the championship games, the conference championships, uh, Sarah, Kansas City at Baltimore. Baltimore. Jason? Well, you do know about the Super Bowl conspiracy. You do. And that's what and I'm going with. We've got the purple. Where's the purple? <laughs> this is the tough part because, remember, it was either the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Minnesota Vikings in the Super Bowl or the Baltimore Ravens against the San Francisco 49ers. So we have Detroit Lions against the 49ers. I got to go with the conspiracy theory that the NFL is rigged. And I'm going to go with Kansas City losing to Baltimore. Taylor Swift dumps Travis Kelsey on Instagram after the game. And writes while a song. She's hanging out with Jason Kelsey from the Philadelphia Eagles, now retired. <laughs> By the way, did you see him with the shirt off? And then he was holding up that That's little what- girl that was a big uh, Taylor Swift yeah. fan. Uh, it was awesome. I was going to say was a awesome. shirtless Jason Kelsey with Taylor Swift sparking a whole new round of rumors. Now, the question or, is, the question is. Or Zay Flowers. <laughs> okay, so, but the question is, does Taylor, because she always writes a song about her exes, does she already have the song written for Travis Kelsey, or is that song still to come? That is the question. So, uh, to be immortalized in a song. You know, the thing is, though, if if... If Baltimore were to lose, now the conspiracy theory is out the window because there's no purple team anymore. So Detroit Lions at San... I'm going to go Baltimore as well. Uh, Detroit Lions at San Francisco 49ers. Sarah? Okay, so this is where we're going to... I'm going to go with the Lions. Wow. Just And this is, this is not because I think they're actually going to win, but it's because um, I, like the, I like the baby blue. Oh, there! I mean, all, all year, all year I went with who should, who I thought should win, but this time I'm going completely colors. So Honolulu blue, Jason. Hey man, the Motor City Kitties. That's a good pick. So I got to go back to Taylor Swift here for just a second because twenty, 20 seconds, Jason. You. 
Well, okay, fine. Uh, Taylor Swift writes song about men that she ends up dumping. She voted for Joe Biden. She, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to lose, and the San Francisco 49ers are going to win. KLXX AM, Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the VIEW Community Credit Union Studio. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.